Welcome to the Starfish Storytellers, the podcast that makes a difference one story at a time by bringing storytelling to life. I started thinking about stories and the stories that we tell ourselves. And so how stories can sometimes propel us and sometimes they can entangle us from moving forward. For years, I had done folk art and started in the 80s and moved to Florida and was doing folk art painting and loved it and kind of got known for that. And then, then a publisher from New York started publishing my work and it was all very exciting and my work my work was being sold all over the world and that was my thing I was the folk artist and I ended up moving to Virginia and then back home and when I moved back home I got involved in my hometown Bill Ricca and I did some folk art paintings and started teaching classes in my home and then I was known as the folk artist from Bill Ricca. And secretly, deep down inside, I always wanted to learn watercolors, but there was just never an opportunity for me to learn it because I used oils and acrylics. So I just kept going on with my folk art and doing more and more folk art paintings and turning them into prints and selling them and becoming, you know, pretty successful doing it and then I opened up a gallery and the big sign was Collingsbury Folk Art and then one of my teachers at my art center was teaching a watercolor class so I decided to take the watercolor class and in that watercolor class there was a freedom that I found in painting that was very different than the way I was painting that was tight and detailed and stuff and there was just something inside of me that I could tell was trying to break out but there was another part of me that was like but I can't because everybody loves my folk art and I'm a folk artist and that's what you know and I always thought this is what you have to do you have to stay in a lane you know and focus on that and that's what you become famous for or, or well known for and people collect you but there was another part of me that was like, but I want to explore and I want to do something. And that was that artist inside of me that's always curious and always wants to create. I kind of came up with my own way of teaching watercolors. And so I started teaching it. And the more I taught it, the more I was painting with it and the more freer I became. And I kept going back thinking, oh, I need to, I need to stay in my lane, you know, but then I was really enjoying the watercolor. And then because somebody contacted me and wanted me to work on a children's book for them, watercolors was definitely an easier route to go because it's faster and I, it just lends itself to that. So all of a sudden I was a book illustrator and I started winning prizes for the books that I won and I won a best illustrator award and we went to, we went to an award ceremony for it and I started realizing that 
we can change lanes. We can change our story and that we don't need to hold on. And I didn't know what I was going to do as I was getting older with my art center and gallery because, I mean, I had it for 18 years. That was a pretty long run for, for somebody that was an artist, you know, keeping a place open because I would see them open and close and open and close. I love my students. I can't let go, you know, and it, it's, again, my story, you know. And then I, COVID happened, and it just forced me to change my story and I had to shut down and when I shut down I felt the biggest sense of relief and I just was like oh my god I can work at my home I can do whatever I want and then I started teaching classes online because there was nothing else to do film my class and now I teach people all over the country and in Canada and Florida and all kinds of places. And again, my story changed. And I realize as the older I get that our stories are just that, they're stories. And they're not meant to hold us back. They're meant to tell the story and be inspired and then what's the next thing you know and so I guess I want to say to the audience how is your story holding you back hello my name is Liana Henry and welcome to the Starfish Storytellers. I'm the CEO of the Black Dog Group, a Marcom and project management firm headquartered on the east coast of the U.S. in quaint colonial Bedford, Massachusetts. I'm your host and passionate about storytelling, and I'm actually on a mission to raise up the next generation of storytellers. We've named ourselves the Starfish Storytellers after the Starfish Story. The moral of the Starfish Story is based on the power of one. No matter how big the challenge, each action we take makes a difference and has an impact. One step, one starfish, or one story at a time. Every episode, we welcome a new storyteller who will share their story meant to inspire and connect with you. Then we'll break it down and offer tips for any listeners who are ready to tell their own stories. So thanks for tuning in. Now let's get started. Today's episode is about visual journeys through art and book illustration and telling a timeless story. With me today is artist and award-winning children's book illustrator and my friend, Colleen Scroy. Colleen has an art studio where she holds online watercolor classes and has illustrated a number of children's books. Welcome to the show, Colleen. Hi, glad to be here. So you just shared a really powerful story, your story with us, and you, and you challenged our listeners to really look at where does their story hold them back and how you, you kind of mapped through, you know, all of the changes that you went through with your art and sort of the evolution of your art. Um, and now you're in a place where you're, you know, doing, it's almost like you doing the online watercolor classes would like, it was cool before it was cool. Like you're do you started doing it before everybody had to do it because of COVID. You were already starting to really look at that and, and really 
perfect that. I will say, based on what you just said, that like at least two or three years before I even closed my gallery, before COVID even hit, I had thought about doing online to add to what I was already doing and so that I could reach more people. And um, I just thought that financially that it would be a better way to kind of add to my repertoire or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I took, a, I, I, I literally paid for a course to take and I was taking the course. And in the middle of taking the course, I got my first book deal. And so I kind of put the course aside and started doing this book with um, the first author that I worked with, Ann Bees, and it was called Worry Bee. And I had such an amazing experience with her doing this book. She was like, let's do another one. And then immediately we went into Mindful Moon and with the first book, she went back and forth, back and forth. Okay, you draw the picture, then you show me. The second book, she had come to this place where she totally trusted me and trusted in my ability and my art and my my way to just enter into a place of being creative that she just said, here's the story, just do your thing. Do what you envision. And she was definitely one of those persons that just began to trust me and just be like, go ahead, do it. Mm -hmm. And because she did that, it enabled me, she like took her hands off it Mm -hmm. and it enabled me to do, she did her part of it and then it enabled me to do my part of it. Mm -hmm. And it was probably the most inspirational book that I've done thus thus far. Mm -hmm. And then she put it in for this Moonbeam Award and she kept saying right from the beginning, she goes, we're going to win a Moonbeam Award for this because of your illustrations. And I'd be like, okay, you know, and I'm not highly competitive and I don't, I don't even like to go to art shows where there's judges Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. It's just like, because it's so subject to whoever the judge is. Right, right. So I I just am just like, do your thing, like, and be good at it, you know, and just be inspired. And so we won, and we won for Best Illustrator. And that really affirmed to me, not that it was a big deal to win a prize, but for me, it affirmed that place of you got to go into that zone as an artist and just let the creativity come on you and just flow through you. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I had, I was reading that, uh, about children's books and illustration and I read this quote and it said, a children's book illustrator designs the pictures and artwork that not only add visual accompaniment to the story, but they also help children better understand what it is that they're reading by creating meaningful images that are going to bring that book to life. Mm. And so you just talked about sort of letting that creativity flow and really kind of going into that place inside of you where that story lives and how you kind of make it come to life. Is that hard to do? Um, It depends. Um, 
some books I have to say are easier than others and who you're working with can be make it easier like who whoever the artist is I mean the author is mm -hmm. who you're working with because they're all self-published people that's who I work with and so that has a lot to do with it whether they give you freedom to to allow that to flow through you or um, for example the same woman I'm working on an adult book right now and uh, it's a journal and it I'm feeling the same way as I did it with Mindful Moon and you know she every time I send her a new chapter with because the whole thing is covered with just ethereal-looking watercolors and different things to describe how people can write in a journal to go. They, she, she does these retreats. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel the same way because I just feel this, like, just do your thing just gives me the freedom. Who I'm working with can make a difference. And mm -hmm. then there's always new challenges. The last children's book I did, Are You a Bird Like Me?, I had to come up with four different characters, you know, a squirrel, a bird, a, a giraffe, and a butterfly, and have them make facial expressions that express how they felt in the moment and all of that. And, you know, the, those are challenges because I hadn't done those kind of animals before, and you know. What was your What was your inspiration for the facial expressions? Was like, did you look in a mirror and make the expressions? Was it like the face of like one of your grandkids? Actually, or no. Something? I would look up other cartoons oh, and find okay. like facial expressions for a bird, you know. And it's like, oh, they need to have an eyebrow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and, or. Yeah. You know, or squirrels, you know, yeah. like see what other artists do. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that that's invaluable. You know, we all inspire I mean, each other, inspire each other yeah, to yeah. do, yeah. you know, things. Yeah. But then when you when you do it, it comes out different. It looks completely you different. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah, yeah. I kind of create like a Pinterest page, like a storyboard. Mm -hmm. And I, as soon as I get the script, I'm just like, plopping things in there like oh show me squirrels show me birds show me this you know and then I kind of come up with my own version of how I can do that and now is that how the information comes to you um do you get like a like a book brief or like a manuscript or or just an outline like how, like because I mean the I story I so I, they already I, have written the story yeah, okay yeah there is this one person that gave me a deposit last year and she every time I talk to her she's kind of like well can you just do a bus with kids on it so we can see and I'm like you need to give me your story mm -hmm. I don't have a story mm -hmm. I can't get a vision for this whole book mm -hmm. without seeing what it's about so it's definitely the story you know a word a, you know like when I'm doing a painting I think of a word or I think about what is the feeling I want to portray here? You know, do I want drama? Do I want happiness? Do I want love? Do I, you know, like sometimes it's just a word for me, you know, and then I let that kind of flow through me and in, into the work. Mm -hmm. It's the same with doing a book, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's driven by the author's story mm -hmm. and, um, 
And, you know, when Ann and I would go to, to schools, which we do sometimes, um, it's so interesting because the, they would break up the school group to come see us, and mm -hmm. it would be like the kindergarten through second grade, and then third through fifth. Mm -hmm. And always the kindergarten to second grade wanted to ask me questions, and the older kids wanted to ask her questions. Mm -hmm. And it's because of what you just said. It's so driven by the pictures when they're younger mm -hmm. because they can't read yet. Right. So they have to see the visual and to understand the to story. Understand the story. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes them remember. I mean, if you think about, you know, a Dr. Seuss book that maybe you mm -hmm. read when you were a kid, mm -hmm. you know, seeing before you even knew how to read, when I look at those pictures, I remember everything about the pictures, like the dog sleeping under the bed and the, the moonlight, the way it came in the window. Right. And you know what I mean? <laughs> the hat. Do you like my hat? No, mm -hmm. I do not like, like your, your hat. hat. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, like, yes. I just remember the visual of it because, well, one, I'm a visual person, yep. but also it's because it was when I was little mm -hmm. and I couldn't read yet. You know, looking at some of the folk art parts that you've mm -hmm. done. Mm -hmm. I was, I was curious, um, when you, cause they're very, very intricate. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of detail. I mean, I, I don't even know how you get some of that detail so tiny on those paintings. I know that sometimes you're commissioned, but for paintings mm -hmm. that maybe you weren't commissioned for that you did anyway, like how did, how did those images come to pass? Like I, I, I've seen a lot of your art. I have some of your art mm -hmm. and I've seen some of like sort of the colonial scenes, like, like maybe a big parade where there's a lot of colonial houses and mm -hmm. people. And um, is it, when you, when you think about the storyline for it, is it you create one element and then the painting comes from there? Or you have this whole storyline already in your mind and you're just kind of plugging in all the elements into the painting? Um, well, of course, every painting is different and why am I doing it in, you know, is like you said, is it a commission? Is it, is it an actual place? And, and then you build around that actual place, you know, like the Wiffle Tree or, you know, Concord Center or different paintings that I've done, mm -hmm. the or Orchard House, you know. So there's, there's different places, like if I'm doing them, and I'm doing them on my own, you know. But then I remember one day I got a vision of in my mind and it kept coming to me over and over again about um and it came from this tea bag you know a, and it was an emerson quote about how a forest comes from one acorn i forget exactly what the quote was and i kept i kept the tea bag because i could picture this whole forest above and then an intricate thing of like roots underneath. And I didn't do it for a while, but it, it just was one of those things where it's like, you know what, I'm just gonna do it. And so, and, and then I taped the tea bag thing to the back of the painting. And somebody in an art show in Lexington bought, bought, bought the painting, the painting mm -hmm. because it meant something to them. But that, that was an example of a painting they came in an unusual kind mm -hmm. of a way that I just went, what the heck, I'm just going to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, it was very different. Sometimes just if it's just a little winter scene, 
I pull from my past. I pull from, well, what did I do as a kid when I was out in the snow? Right. Like right. I skated. I, you know, had hot cocoa. I, you know, and so I remember one painting I did. It was called um, something cranberry or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was part of a four season set that I had. But it, it, was, it all started from a memory of when I was kids that we used to, to skate on this cranberry bog in, in Wilmington, mm-hmm. you know. So there was, with folk art, there was a lot of nostalgia of, you know, pulling on memory. A lot of times I just, you know, any of the Bill Ricca folk art, you know, of Santa home, Homecoming, mm-hmm. you know, as I was painting it, I'm like, why am I just putting just random people in here? I need to put people in from Bill Ricca, you know, and then I'm in it like three or four times, you know, mm-hmm. like when I was a kid, you know, when I was a teenager, things that I did as a teenager, you know, my two of my kids did mime when we were in Williamsburg. And so I put them as mimes on the street, you know, um, we had, when we were little, the rec department had different things going on. They'd come into your neighborhood and do different things. And we had a doll carriage parade. So I looked up the picture of my sisters in the doll carriage parade with other ones. And I put them in and did exactly how they were dressed, you know. And um, so I don't know. I just kind of had fun with it, mm-hmm. you know. And then every Bill Rooker painting, I put my family in there. I have the, the Sexton House painting on my wall yep. that we used as a cover for the magazine, the Bill Rooker Green magazine. And the sled, I think, is your family yeah, in the, yeah, yeah. In in the, the sled. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, most people won't know that, but I know it. Yeah. And I'm just having fun with it yep. because it's me, you yep. know. And it's a little part of me that's that kind goes of going with in it. there. Yeah. So every every episode, we try to talk a little bit about the types of stories. And so the, the types of stories that you create are visual stories. And visual stories are very powerful. Um, we live in such a, in an era with a, in a society that our attention span is so fragmented that so often we get so much more from a visual, from an illustration, from a painting, from a picture. And we can, that, we can package our story that way mm. in a very simple way, especially with children's books. You know, the image is everything for a young child. Um, But I like to also ask our guests, um, you know, for our listeners, if there's someone out there who wants to get started as an artist Mm. taking art classes or somebody out there who has a story and wants to be an illustrator, Mm. you know, what what might advice might you give them um, to get started? That's a good question. I would say don't undersell yourself. Write up your quote. Mm-hmm. Say, spell out everything that you will do. Mm-hmm. And um, there's power in that and there's freedom in it. Mm-hmm. Because when you get that out of the way, you're free to be creative. Mm-hmm. Because you're not thinking about, oh, are they going to still pay me that amount or da, 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 you know it sounds like a silly thing because it doesn't sound like the creative part of the thing but I would say if if you're going to do it and there's plenty of opportunities um, so I would say do some research don't go on places like Viverr <laughs> and sell yourself short 
even if you do want to go a little lower than the average, do research, you know, and find out what they're getting. Mm -hmm. And if you want to go to the lower end just because you feel like you're starting out, go to the lower end, but write up your deal. Mm -hmm. And then make it clear between you and whoever you're working with, this is what I'll do. So it's definitely... And to tell you the truth... Know your worth. Yeah, know your worth. and, And you never know what kind of author you're going to be working with because I've worked with different authors and Mm -hmm. some want to control more and others don't. Some are, will come back and come back and come back and, you know, do a million edits and, and some won't, you know, but so you have to, you have to write that into your plan and then you can kind of rest because you can go, all right, they know up front. Well, that is all the time we have for today. I want to thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you for having me. Um, and sharing yourself with us, you know, so much of what you talked about with sort of the the story and how it, you know, it comes to you and then the art comes from you, from that story. I could, you know, I really, really loved hearing about that. So, um, yeah, I mean, did you want to add anything else or? no. No, that was great to be here. Awesome. Thanks for being here. And to our listeners, whether you hear us locally from the BTV studios in Bedford, Massachusetts, or across the globe on such podcast channels as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Amazon Prime, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you next time. Happy storytelling.